I'm Leah Carey, and this is Good Girls Talk About Sex. This is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. Before we get started, I want to tell you this. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with the things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. In today's episode, we'll meet Lena, a 33-year-old cisgender woman who describes herself as Chinese, heterosexual, married, and monogamous. Lena was born in Hong Kong, went to school in England, and arrived in the United States eight years ago. She has one child and struggles with body image. She feels that nobody would want to have sex with her and that her husband only does it because he's required to. I'm so pleased to introduce Lena. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Thank you, Leah. I'm so excited and it's such an honor. And this is such a wonderful podcast. I like to think, or I, for most of my life, I try to be the good girl, but I have not talked about sex. <laughs> well, now you get to be the good girl and talk about sex. <laughs> so let's go back to the very beginning. Um, I know that you grew up in another country. So what kinds of things did you hear about sex when you were growing up? So when I was growing up, and I and I didn't know this until much later when I'm grown up and spent time in a different country. But I feel like where I came from, the issue of objectifying the female is very prevalent. Um, not that it's not, you know, it's, it's still the case in other countries. But where I came from, it's a lot more of that. And sometimes now when I watch shows from my country is still, I would be like, wow, that, that still happens. That's on TV. Hmm. Where the woman is basically kind of the value or attractiveness of a woman is a lot based on their appearance and body shape. Hmm. And you grew up in Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. Yep. How did you discover sex? Do you remember? <laughs> I think when I was quite little, perhaps age seven or eight, seven or eight, um, my mom told me about it. I asked her. I mean, what she told me was the the basic, the basic mechanism of what sex is. But I think it's just from seeing shows on TV and movies and books and like that. I masturbated from an early age, mm-hmm. kind of before I know what that was. But one of the things that struck me as I kind of became an adult is that 
pleasure was not taught about sex. A yeah. female, the female's pleasure, is、yeah. not part of the education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what kind of sex education did you get in Hong Kong? I was there until I was、uh, maybe eleven, so nothing in school yet. But I mean, just seeing, watching shows and in the media, there's a lot that we pick up from just watching that. And then in secondary school, I was in a different country for that, and it was all the mechanics and the safety and like breast control, that kind、mm-hmm. of thing. So really, not a lot. Yeah, something that I、um, have started talking a lot about is that、uh, we have this thing, at least in the United States, that we call sex education that has nothing to do with educating kids about sex. It is purely disease prevention and pregnancy prevention,、mm-hmm. um, but it has nothing to do with sex and pleasure and how to have a healthy sexual relationship. Exactly. <laughs> So it was through reading Fifty Shades of Grey that <laughs>、yeah. I was that was for me like wow this is I mean there's a lot of things in there that is still messed up but、um, <laughs> at least the pleasure part、uh, that was a shock to me and kind of for the first time made me realize that wow the woman's pleasure is can be a big part of sex and sex life.、Mm. Mm-hmm. So that was not something that you had been really familiar with before that, right? Definitely not, because much of the sex, the sexual interactions I've seen in the media, <laughs>、um, is all based on the men being attracted to the women, and the women kind of win by having that attention and having men who want to have sex with them. So you mentioned that you discovered masturbation pretty early. Do you remember how you figured that out for yourself? So I like to. So I think I sometimes like to, you know, have、um, my blanket between my legs, and then so at some point it just happened as I maybe like moving around, and then pleasure sensation happened. So I did not know what it was, but sometimes I would do it because it it felt good. Yeah. At what point did you connect that up to sex and sexuality? Like you said, it was just this thing that felt good.、Mm-hmm. At, at what point did you make that connection? At some point, and it's kind of still around that age range before before ten. I had already, I think, I already knew. So I also kind of became curious and attracted to just kind of erotic images,、mm-hmm. and they could be, you know, doesn't have to be explicit.、Um, I remember seeing something on TV where you know a man is kissing a woman、um, down her neck and shoulders, and it didn't. You know, you the idea is there, but it it didn't show very much.、Um, but I kind I think I got the idea,、mm-hmm. and that kind of thing turned me on. I I am heterosexual, but I'm very attracted to the female figure, and I think part of it is that we're conditioned, even women are conditioned, to kind of 
look as a man, the the male gaze towards women, yeah. we are conditioned to see that, and we've learned that okay, that's attractive. Oh, this is hot, that kind of thing. Yeah, I um, I have often thought it took me a while to recognize that I was actually bisexual versus just like this is how we are sexualized to mm-hmm. find the female form attractive because that's what we see everywhere selling everything Mm. there was some confusion for me around that Mm. and i i don't know i was i've been confused about that a little bit but i have not looked at a real life woman and felt attracted to her Mm -hmm. it's only in images so don't know who who knows <laughs> <laughs> who knows what will happen yeah absolutely so uh at what point did you start engaging with other people sexually how old were you and what happened um i was 14 or 15 i was 14 or 15 i started dating i didn't like it mm. um the first time my boyfriend at the time touched me I just kind of felt weird and I tried to avoid it but I also didn't say no because it kind of felt like it's supposed to happen if we are dating mm-hmm. and not a lot happened and we kind of it wasn't a real dating we we did it for a few days and then you know decided okay no no we we don't really like each other do you think that your lack of um, interest in touching or your lack of pleasure from touching was related to not being attracted to him? Or was it that you weren't ready for that kind of activity yet? Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't ready. So even though I've been masturbating, I, I guess I wasn't, I didn't really know my sexuality yet either. Even though I have been masturbating, I really wanted to have boyfriends and start dating. And I always had crushes on guys throughout school, but I never felt sexually attracted to anybody. I don't know. It may, it, it, maybe it sounds weird, but I have not, <laughs> I have not looked at a man and felt sexual attraction. I could be attracted, but it wouldn't feel sexual. Not something I feel in my body. So is that true even to today? Today, uh, so I've been married and been with my husband and dating him for over 10 years. I, I think I, I feel more now these days if we start to touch. Mm-hmm. Then I would, feel, I would feel sexual urges, but not by sight. Interesting. So from like watching, seeing watching movies and things like that. It seems like some women are attracted to men sexually by sight, but I have never felt that. Hmm. There's something that's starting to come into the more popular, um, how do you say, uh, into the cultural narrative, this idea that not everybody is the same level of sexual. Um, that some people are what's called demisexual, which means they maybe spend 
long periods of time without a sexual attraction, and then something in particular triggers it, but it's not like an always present thing. Or maybe somebody is um, has to be in a certain circumstance in order for those sexual feelings to be triggered. Um, and then there are, are people further along the spectrum that would be called asexual, meaning they just basically don't have a lot of sexual drive. All of that can be completely separated from somebody's romantic drive. Mm-hmm. So you can have um, a great deal of romantic feeling for someone and desire to be close and to cuddle and to spend your time together without necessarily having that big sex drive that we have come to think of as quote unquote normal. Um, and that's something that's only just starting to be talked about. And I think it's really important. I hope to have more people on the podcast who can speak to that. Um, because I think it's something that's really important for people to hear that it's okay to have various levels of sex drive, that you are not broken or wrong for not having that thing that you see and hear other people having. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's so interesting. And it makes sense. And I'm glad you, you told me that. Otherwise, you know, I've, I've always been a little perplexed or confused, like what's going on? Like I, it's not that I don't have sexual urges. I do, but not really towards men or, you know, specific people. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's odd. So sex life has been difficult. We had it okay before I got pregnant. Mm. Um, pregnancy and childbirth basically led us to not have sex anymore. Yeah, really. And it's been three years since I gave birth. And during these three years, we probably have sex once a month, if that's. Mm-hmm. Which I was worried about because that seems like a long time. You know, I read on the internet about moms and wives that say, oh, it's it's, it's okay, it'll come back, but maybe in three years, so. And I, and I understand that part of it, we also were going through a rough time, so our relationship was on the rock, so that doesn't help at all. Mm-hmm. So it's really been transformation. I, I have a different relationship to sex now. Before that, I see sex as something mostly that he wants to do and that I'll I'll do it kind of for the sake of him. Sometimes I enjoy it. Most of most of the time it's fine, like it's okay. I'll go with it and I know it'll be over soon. Hmm. And it's never horrible or anything. It's just okay, like meh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But after childbirth where my bo- I'm kind of getting to know my body all over and we weren't in a good relationship. So I actually think about, well, do I want to have sex right now? And I always, you know, being new, a new parent, there's the excuse of so tired. We need to sleep, catch up with mm. sleep. So that's a, that's a good excuse. But the main thing is I started to really check in with myself uh, whether I want it right now. Maybe mm-hmm. he wants it, but I don't. And I start to 
you know, tell him no or like not respond or say next time or putting it off in a way basically, but, but that I let myself refuse it. Mm -hmm. And how does he respond when you say no? He's totally fine, which I'm really grateful about. He has not given me a hard time about our sexless marriage um, because he understands that we're tired and he respects my decision. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of conflict in your relationship about sex? It seems that way. Um, I remember one, maybe Valentine's Day, I, I tried to talk to him about that like uh, we're not having a lot of sex how are you feeling are you like, are you doing okay and he will say and he will say yes and he says he understands why and he understands the exhaustion and all that but lately we actually did have a conversation where for the first time he told me that he's unhappy and that he wishes that he and I have more sex together. And he basically that he he feels lonely. And that's sort of his personality too, like being a caretaker and making it all about me and not asking for what he wants or talking about it. So the conversation was hard because he sort of said it, it's all about you, you know, whether we have sex or not, it depends on your mood, on how you, how tired you are, what time it is. So he, you know, he was not happy. He said it was all about me, which I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I am grateful that he take, he takes all that into consideration and he respects me. But I also, I also encourage him to, like, I'm glad that you're, talking about this, I'm glad that you're telling me that you're unhappy because I, I didn't know. Mm. Do you have any sense of how things might change in the aftermath of that conversation? On my part, I'll, I do want to make more effort. So if I, when I do feel horny, that I would try to engage him and initiate sex. Mm. I think most of the time, especially when you know, we weren't in a good place with each other or I wasn't in a good place with him, then I go to masturbation. That's where I get pleasure and it's easy. But now I'll try it. I'll try and engage him instead. Mm -hmm. And plus now I know during the past few years where I've let myself say no to sex, um, I have also let myself say yes, even when I maybe didn't plan it and maybe we just cuddle and then I feel my body responding and my body saying yes and then I would let myself go with it. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, now I have a better sense of my body and my sexuality that's something that I have found with my partner um, that I had not realized. Uh, I, I now see that it has always been true, but I didn't realize it 
until recently that for me, turn on doesn't necessarily happen just in the course of the day or walking through the kitchen and seeing him, you know, with his shirt off that the kinds of things that I hear other women talk about aren't necessarily always a turn on for me. But for me, laying and cuddling with my partner, and just having that time to fully relax and be at ease in his space that for me is a turn on. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm very lucky and grateful that he is somebody who's very accepting of that and and who understands that and is open to it. Um, but I, I haven't actually heard a lot of women talk about that in the past. And so I'm curious to know if that's something that a lot of other people experience that the turn on comes from having the opportunity to just relax in each other's presence first. That's so interesting. I have not kind of put that in words myself. But when I think about it, that seems to be how I get turned on. It's just like kind of a nice, cuddling, warm environment. And we'll start to kiss. And then yeah, and then the body kind of takes over. I don't get turned on just seeing my husband walk around or do things. I mean, I there are moments where I'm, I see, oh, he's so smart, so competent, and, you know, oh, being a good dad that I feel like, okay, this is a really good person and kind of adore him and be feel attracted to him. But maybe going back to the point where we have different levels of um, sexual attraction, I like, I, I feel more romantic attraction and then not so that doesn't always translate into sexual are you aching to explore new vistas of your sexuality do you hear me talk about concepts on this show and think it makes sense but i need help applying it to my particular situation That's where personalized sex and intimacy coaching comes in. When you work with me, I promise to help you feel safe exploring your sexuality. Together, we'll look at your needs and desires without judgment and help you figure out how to fulfill them. There is no single answer that's right for everyone, so I'm going to help you discover what's right for you. And we'll go at your pace, That's the pace that respects your emotional needs, your boundaries, and your nervous system. Because going too fast can send you into shutdown, while going too slow can be infuriating and exhausting. The goal is to find what's right for you. I work with clients who are motivated to explore many different areas of sexuality, including things like expressing your sexual desires to current or future partners, exploring if you might be queer, challenging body image insecurity in sexual relationships, dipping your toes into BDSM, exploring consensual non-monogamy, learning to date after a long time out of the dating pool, exploring your sexuality for later in life virgins, and so much more. I want you to have a deeply fulfilling intimate life, And together, we can help you get there. 
For more information and to schedule your discovery call, visit leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. That's leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. So I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with your body and how that impacts your relationship with sex. And I'm particularly interested because I put up a post recently about how um, I, I think I put up a video recently about how I'm learning how to accept my body, even though it doesn't fit into that classic um, idea of thin and pretty. And you messaged me and you said uh, that there was yet another aspect of that for you. And I, I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, and, and your question of how that affects my, my sex life is a very potent one. Um, and I'll, and I'll talk about that. So I think your video talked about being thin and pretty is sort of the, the, the ideal that most women strive towards. And, uh, my experience is that I've, I've been lucky enough to, to be thin, but it's okay. So where I, in, where I came from, the Hong Kong culture, they're very, <laughs> they're very high standards. So not only would kind of the ideal woman be thin and pretty and have curves, like boobs and boobs and butt <laughs> and little waist and a little waist and like long legs. Very, mm-hmm. very harsh. <laughs> standards very unreal and for me my struggle has from not that I don't struggle with weights I have had my years where I feel like I I should diet and I need to lose weight Um, I've had a share in that too but what bothers me most and it affects my sex life is that I don't I feel ashamed about my my small breasts basically yeah and like I said before I like looking at images of you know curvy sexy women that makes me feel turned on but also jealous at the same time Mm, yeah which is really hard and how that plays out with my sexual in my sexual relationship is that and I was journaling the other day, and what I wrote was that I don't feel like anybody would want to have sex with me except my husband. And mm-hmm. my husband, because he is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like he's required to because you're yeah. his partner? Uh-huh. Yeah, like he, cho- he chose me knowing what my body is. Hmm. Um, and And he has never complained. This has really nothing to do with how... He sees me, but how I see myself, mm-hmm. that I'm not attractive because of my small bust, that no one, no one will want to have sex with me. And that even if they are attracted to me, you know, as soon as I get naked, they will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then with childbirth, you know, you're, 
your body just changes too. And so this is a really hard thing because after nursing and pumping, you know, your, your, your boobs just lose their shape. And like, I didn't have much to begin with. And now, mm. and then now they feel even less attractive according to the standards that I've been conditioned to think are attractive. So actually a lot of the times I don't want to have sex because I don't want that body, I guess. Mm. I don't want my husband to see that my breasts are not as perky, that they're now more saggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel shame and kind of feel really self-conscious when he, when we have sex. Like I, just kind of basically feel a bit disgusted with myself. Hmm. And what kind of response does he have to your breasts? I know you said he's never said anything bad about them, but what kind of, does he ever say anything nice about them? Does he interact with them as if he likes them? He he does interact with them as if he likes them. and He's never said anything mean. And I think for the once or twice that I, kind of felt brave enough to bring up this topic to him that I'm sad about, you know, that my my body is different, my, I'm losing my figure. And he was like, oh, you're, you're still good. It's all okay. But it's brief, so it doesn't, so it's nice that he said that, but it doesn't change how I feel mm. about myself. My shape, my figure isn't going to change that much. I'm not going to do plastic surgery. This is what I got. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe just getting out of that space of thinking that sex is about a body being attracted to another body in that carnal, lusty way, maybe it's the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have only had... I've only been thinking about that for a little while. I don't know how it works. I'm curious how your relationship with your body, you've addressed this a little bit, but um, I'd, I'd love to hear if you have anything else to say. I'm curious how your relationship with your body has changed since giving birth and being a parent to this little person for whom your body is sort of their comfort and their nurturing. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a really great question. Um, I feel like I own my body now. My body is for me. I think before I see my body as an object for men's desire. And I didn't see it as a bad thing, but just the constant, constant thinking about whether I look good enough, whether I look good enough according to a standard that is just kind of the toxic conditioning from the media Mm -hmm. to now through the experience of childbirth I see the miracle and the power of what a body does and what it's for and that it nurtures and it is through my body that I can do things I can lift my baby and hold my baby and even when I'm tired my body keeps going is really a great ally 
in life is our greatest tool to to be alive. And my baby doesn't care what shape or size I am. She just jumps all over me anyway and walks <laughs> on me anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she lays on me anyway, even though there's no like cushy, cushiony boobs for her to lay on. <laughs> she still likes it. So I, I would, I would say that I did not have a relationship with my body before childbirth. And now I do. Now I feel like it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah. I own it. It's mine to do whatever I wanted to do, and not for anybody else to do what they think they want to do with it. Yeah, and I can say no to sex and not feel guilty or feel bad about it. Friends, if you love these conversations, I would love your help to keep them going. There are three ways you can participate. Two are free, and one is for listeners who've got a few extra dollars each month. Number one, take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag me in your post, and if it's public, I'll reshare and send you a personal thank you. Word of mouth is the best way to build buzz for an independent show like Good Girls Talk About Sex. And the more people listening, the healthier our collective sexual experiences will become. Number two, don't want the whole world to know you're listening to a show about sex? I get it. Perhaps you heard something in this episode that reminds you of a past conversation with a friend or something you wish your partner knew. Send them a link to this episode and a quick message about why you think they should listen. And number three, if you have the resources to support the sex positive work I do, I'd be grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's absolutely no contract or obligation. You can cancel at any time. Plus, I donate 10% of all proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are currently being legislated out of existence. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. And one more thing. There is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free to everyone. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access them. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex to start listening. I appreciate every one of you, whether you're a client, a patron, a social media follower, or a silent listener. I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get back to the show. Before we finish up, let's do the quick five. Five quick questions we'd usually be too polite to ask any good girl. Do you have sex during your period? Mm, no, I think I may have done it once or twice and it would be towards the end. 
but I don't know. It just seems messy. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is a fantasy you've been wanting to try but haven't yet? That's an interesting question. I'm thinking um, maybe like a female-driven kind of fantasy. So I've been trying to rewrite my fantasies for when I masturbate. Mm. Um, so in the past, kind of maybe probably right through to my mid mid 20s the fantasies i have are mostly like mm, a man getting onto a woman like man getting onto me and i sort of give in because that's just mostly what i've seen right Mm -hmm. yeah so now i try to rewrite my fantasy sometimes to the woman being in a driver's seat initiating the touch or getting a man to touch her in the places that she wants. I don't know. I'm so I'm very inexperienced. So I'm saying all these things like as a breakthrough for me, probably is the norm for a lot of people. I don't know. No, I think that's a really big deal. I've actually never heard anybody use that phrase. And I absolutely love it. The idea of rewriting your fantasies. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the taste or smell of your own juices when your partner goes down on you and then kisses you? Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It feels good, but I'm way too self-conscious about that, about smell and what it looks like, what it looks like down there. Um, And this is no reflection on him. Like, he has no problem. I just feel Mm -hmm. self-conscious. Have you ever felt a sexual urge that confused you? Probably, probably the fact that I get most turned on by looking at images of women. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have something to add to that. Um, I think part of that is sometimes it translates to me then looking at myself. So as I get turned on by looking at images of women, I sometimes then go look at myself. And sometimes I get turned on looking <laughs> at myself, mm-hmm. despite, you know, how I said I um, feel that my body isn't attractive enough. But sometimes, sometimes I get attracted to myself and get turned on looking at myself. Sorry, that sounds weird. No, I love it. I think it actually sounds really, really healthy. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lena. I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being willing to, to do this. Thank you so much for having me on here, Leah. Yeah, this, this has been awesome. It's very much my pleasure. (laughs) After recording this interview, Lena contacted me and said she was concerned that her description of getting turned on by her own image in the mirror might be too weird and not normal. After some discussion, she decided it actually might be helpful to others who have the same experience to hear about it, so we've left it in. Being turned on by the sight of your own body or by fantasizing about your own body is not 
at all abnormal. It even has a name, autoerotic. However, it isn't well known because we spend so much time focusing on partnered sex. Even secular culture makes masturbation a dirty secret. I wanted to provide some links to online resources about autoeroticism, but what I found was articles in places like Maxim that make it sound salacious and abnormal, or conversations on places like Answers.com where uninformed people opine that it's a sign of narcissism. Neither is the case. So I'm not going to point you to the internet. I'm simply going to say that if you get turned on by looking in the mirror, or if you fantasize about your own body, you are not alone. It's not uncommon, and it's not perverted or unhinged. I want to thank Lena for being brave enough to allow us to have this conversation. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. And remember, there's a treasure trove of audio extras available for free at Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash goodgirlstalkaboutsex. While listening to those extras is free, producing this show is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I will gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. I donate 10% of all Patreon proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are increasingly difficult to obtain. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. Show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Good Girls Talk for more sex positive content. If you have a question or comment about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor and Maria Franco. Transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. As your sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. Until next time, here's to your better sex life. <laughs>